line out. And today I am super excited to have a friend and a colleague uh, as part of the, the conversation. And this friend, Elliot, we became friends because we were both part of, a, of an online community of students of A Course in Miracles and then later on um, A Course of Love, which is another book that has been channeled as a, not a sequel, but additional information about the spiritual journey that supports the teachings of A Course in Miracles. And when I interviewed Elliot earlier this year, we actually spoke about his journey. So today we're not really gonna focus on that. What today is about is me speaking with a colleague because Elliot has gone on to become a, um, a love and joy coach for others, as well as him being a writer. So he's, in, he's a person that inspires people. Today, we're going to talk about things that we are grateful for that have happened in our journey that has assisted us in becoming who we are today. Because I can assure you, this spiritual journey is a journey of, of looking at obstacles and, and facing them in such a way that we take our power back from those obstacles and turn them into opportunities that allow us to realize how powerful we are, how beloved we are of the creators and how supported we are on this journey. So um, without further ado, let me invite Elliot to be here on the screen. Thank you so much, Elliot, for being here with me today. Thank you so much for the privilege of joining you and to be with your tribe. Well, it is always a lot of fun to have not only people that I get to interview about their journey, but it, especially when I have a guest that can come back like you, because I haven't done this too many times, but somebody who can come back and can share um, really from, from another, another place, because speaking of our journey is one thing, but also speaking in a way that we get to assist um, other clients, other students of truth. It's really exciting. And I see Donna is with us. Well, good morning, Miss Donna. Um, so glad that you're here with us. So she's a beautiful, powerful, amazing soul, that one. Um, all right, Elliot, let's get started. Let's talk about something, if you can remember, that might have been perceived as an obstacle in your journey. But in this week of Thanksgiving here in the US, we're celebrating Thanksgiving in three more days. What is something that looking back, obviously hindsight is always 2020, looking back was a perceived obstacle that actually turned into an incredible opportunity for you to reclaim more of the truth of who you are? Yeah, something I'm grateful for is the way I had a very limiting self-image in the past. Um, when it came to my capabilities and stuff like that, I was quite sure that I was only qualified for um, entry-level work. Uh, so I was just going from one job where I was miserable to another. Um, and as soon as I started my work, my job, you know, within a week or two, I wanted to find another job. But my entire life for a while was one big job search. Um, I was, I just really didn't like what I was doing. I, I never really uh, first thought in terms of, well, maybe I should do something I'm interested in. It was just, no, I have to have money to pay the rent. <laughs> so in any event, um, the reason I'm grateful for that is because, um, because now I'm able to communicate with people about that and design um, exercises and stuff that address that and help people, um, cross over the bridge to uh, letting go of those negative self-talks, those negative beliefs, and expand into something more. Um, I just, I don't think I would be able to design workshops and, and exercises and stuff to help people along their path if I hadn't already walked that path myself. 
Oh, absolutely. I totally completely agree. And you know, you, I can tell the difference between um, a teacher, a life coach, a therapist that is teaching from a clinical place or from a from a learned place and not from a feeling place. Because when you have had the experience, it, there is a depth and a richness and, and in some ways more of a credibility when somebody has actually walked that path. So I totally relate with you. Um, so let me share a specific that for me was a wonderful challenge that I am so grateful for because when, when I began to realize that every opportunity as the course of miracle says, everything is a lesson God would have us learn. Once I began to look at things as lesson, what is this bringing to me? It allowed me to experience challenges in a much more, I'm going to say, peaceful way because as obstacles were showing up I knew oh boy let me buckle up my seatbelt because there's a lesson in this I'm not liking the topsy-turviness of what I'm experiencing but hindsight had helped me see that all of those obstacles were were really serving me they were an opportunity for me to choose again am I going to show up as the soul that I am as God created me or am I going to show up as my ego and my defensiveness and you know my my bitch side which I was really familiar with but anyways one of those obstacles that was so wonderful for me is I I met a gentleman um last last January this is in 2018 and he he happened to be a dancer and we dated for for a few months and that relationship it was obvious it was not going to go too far but while i was in the midst of that discomfort of here i'm falling for this guy and it's clear that it's not being reciprocated because i i you know being a coach of by that point i'd already been coaching 11 years 12 years i was watching him sharing with me his fears his depression and I knew he was beginning to fall into this story that he wasn't worthy of love. And I was like, okay, you know, it's like, what the fuck? I'm loving you. Can't you accept this? So I knew that that relationship was not going to go very far. However, what I was present to was being thankful for what I was getting from it because he was a dancer and I started dancing again. My previous relationships for 33 years with my two previous husbands, they were not dancers and I had not been dancing. So it's as if God had placed in my way a, a dancer that began to activate this love, this passion that I always had for dancing that had been put to the side. So Dan came into my life to activate that thing that I didn't even know was missing. So the lesson in that was to be present to you know, I'm always getting what I need. I did not need a long-term boyfriend at the time. I needed a dancer who sparked dancing for me. And it was just so much fun because a year and maybe a half later, now I've met somebody who is a dancer, who who is a match in terms of consciousness with me and is so much fun. But had I not been present to the, the desire for dancing, I may not have continued on this journey of being very clear that I wanted a partner who was a dancer. But by then I knew, you know, God always answers, always answers me. So it was just a matter of being patient. But that lesson was so powerful that 
that relationship was not meant to work for what Lina had decided it would work, but it did for what God was awakening inside of me. So that's just a simple example. I'm so grateful for that experience. Um, something just to add to thinking of things that happened that we're grateful for. Uh, something that I really didn't enjoy was um, that I'm grateful for now was, well, I don't know if I should say I didn't enjoy it. It was, it was bittersweet. I was, I was taking care. I was a caretaker for my mother. She had, when she was declining with Alzheimer's, at this point, she's in a nursing home. She really has gone downhill. But that was so um, challenging and, and stressful and at times and difficult. And it sort of sometimes felt like it was really fatiguing and like I was giving, sort of neglecting my life entirely. <laughs> because, you know, it's, it was sort of 24-7 in a way. Um, even though I was somehow able to keep my job at the same time. And so in any event, um, I just have been aware of how that really, looking back, I just noticed that it did something to my heart. It really expanded my heart, opened my heart, made me so much more ripe for caring for myself and others and being present with my heart in the world. Um, so that's just a very general thing. And, you know, I was on the phone um, with a friend just a few days ago, and she was just saying to me in a very general way um, something about how she is committed to just going around, you know, just living her life from um, the perspective of always welcoming whatever happens with gratitude. Uh, that's her commitment. And um, she recently did have something happen uh, about a year ago. And she, the lawyers, she had some money taken away from her. She sort of fell for a scam. And it really wiped her savings away. She had a nest egg and she doesn't really anymore. And um, the lawyers have been trying to make the bank responsible in, in a way that I feel like the bank should be because they allowed a false check to go through. Um, so anyway, I don't know how that's going to end out, but she's not letting that drama interfere with her happiness or her gratitude. And it's just, she's just standing on that rock of faith, uh, knowing that no matter what the outcome is, she's committed to being grateful without being attached to any outcomes. Oh, and that's powerful. And that, you know, remind me of two experiences that I had that I am so very grateful for. One of them was when my mom fell ill. Uh, this is about 17 years ago, because it was uh, 2002. And we knew, you know, the day was coming that she was going to pass. It, 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 it was clear for quite a few years, actually, that it was it was coming because she had she passed away of kidney failure so we were we were tracking the failing of the kidneys because she refused dialysis so we knew we knew it was coming i mean with every reading of of the the functionality of her kidneys it was dropping and dropping and dropping and then eventually you know it came time for hospice and it came time for her passing and i was totally unconscious back then you know, I was totally not liking what was happening, resisting what is just how God, how can you do this to us? Um, but her passing is what propelled me into my spiritual journey. And it was through wanting to explore the fears that I had around death that got activated because of her passing, the the anger around some of my siblings because of the way things were handled during her transit, my mom's transition it sent me on a spiritual journey. 
So when I look back on my mom's passing, I always say that it was one of the best things that ever happened to me because she gave birth to me twice through her, her passing. First time she gave birth to me physically and second time her death gave birth to me spiritually. So I regard that experience as the really what blew the hinges off of the doors, you I know, mean, blew them wide open so that I could enter into this journey of transformation. And oh my gosh, I have, because of that attitude and that, that perspective, I've been able to be with many, many people who experience transition of their family members, loved ones, friends, and they can move through it with a little bit more ease because in, in looking for what, what, what are the gifts in the moment? Where can you be of service? Where can you bring a smile? Where can you bring kindness? Where can you just cry and don't judge yourself for crying? Where can you just you know, have whatever grief you're having and just, just be present to that um, was really, is really helpful now as a coach because there is no reason for us to not be present to whatever is happening and have a, a, an awareness that God is using all of this in some way, shape or form to elevate everybody's consciousness, to uplift everybody. So I love that you shared that experience um, with your mom. What a great lesson. Oh, and I just so enjoy listening to you, what you were just saying half a second ago about God is using everything to uplift. God is using everything to, um, to bring heaven to earth. And it reminded me of a card that I just drew a couple of days ago. I just recently got a deck of cards, um, from my dear friend, Shanta Gabriel, and she channels the Archangel Gabriel. Oh, yes, and the card says, all situations are opportunities. All situations are opportunities for the divine light to shine through you. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, you know, people are gonna be, some people who are watching right now might be going to share the holidays with, um, the Thanksgiving uh, that we have in America, at least, with um, family or whatever. And who knows, maybe somebody will show up and maybe the older sister will say to them, um, you know, you really should leave your low paying nonprofit job that you get to serve people and that you like so much. And you should really find a corporate job like I have and have more money and stuff. And so you, you might get some sort of snide remark. That's just an example out of a hat. And then it, it's an opportunity to let your light shine through you. And it's an opportunity also to move into neutrality, to exercise the muscle of neutrality. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, I think that St. Francis of Assisi was, I guess at one moment in his life, he may have been exercising the muscle of neutrality. And I think he moved beyond that. I think he came to a place of such faith that neutrality, he just was able to skip over. There's a story about um, St. Francis, if you'll allow me to share that oh, for just please. a moment. Please do. Yeah, um, I guess it may have been near the end of his life. I don't know for sure. Um, but he was walking around. Uh, he happened to be near a ditch. It was winter. It was snow and ice. And he, uh, a bunch, a gang of um, thugs came upon him, a bunch of brutish men. And well, the story is basically they just pushed him into the ditch. I don't think it may have been that deep or whatever. So I don't think he was injured. I, I don't really know all the details. But anyway, um, he ended out sort of like 
landing in the snow and ice. Next thing that happens is right then and there, he ends out um, having some divine laughter show up. <laughs> That's how realized he was. He did not have a moment of anger or whatever against them. Um, I mean, or if it was just a moment, it was gone after a moment. He was able to have to be thrown in a ditch and to have so much faith that he had divine laughter. Oh, I love hearing that. And what what a wonderful story. I love St. Francis. I mean, when he said, God, make me an instrument of your peace. He absolutely, totally and completely had surrendered to, to being used by God. And one of the, the fun things that I have discovered on this journey is accepting that everything is happening exactly as it should was one of the ways that I began to allow myself to really trust God's will and to see God was with me and everything that was that was happening, that what was shifting was my perception about what was happening which was allowing myself to experience more of the peace of God in me to experience, whether it's the sister making a snide remark at Thanksgiving or a parent who begins to behave in, in a way that they behaved when we were a child. And we begin to regress into that, that four-year-old, uh, you know, better eat my peas or I'm going to get in trouble if I don't do what I'm supposed to do here at the dinner table. Um, but beginning to allow for the possibility that there was this creative source, this, this benevolence inside that I could tap into to be able to, to be present to whatever was happening without judgment, but just be in awe that it's just, you know, one of the fun things about this journey is we're realizing we're all creating our own reality. So somebody's just performing. So yeah, chuckle inside. You might as well have that divine laughter. Why not? There is a soul that is that has descended into this this physicality called Elliot or called Lina or called you know Mother Teresa, Saint Francis, or you know Baba. It doesn't matter who it is. There is an animation taking place um, where divinity has just absolutely chosen to express itself. Why not be entertained by that? So. <laughs> I love that. So you you hear uh, somebody in your family make a snide remark and you just chuckle inside and it's not a big deal and there's no need to get all upset and take it personally because it really is a reflection of what's going on inside their mind if they want to make a snide remark and it's really a reflection of them calling out for love. There's something unhealed within them that needs to be loved. So Speak a little bit more to that, because that is something that is necessary that we understand that everybody who is speaking, they're speaking from their own consciousness. So they're talking about who they are, even if they're pointing the finger at somebody else. Share more about ways that people can can be present with somebody putting them down or, or making snide remarks, or, or maybe they're not even putting them down. They're making remarks about, let's say somebody else. Um, and it, it upsets somebody. How, how do you help your clients be able to, to work through those experiences? Cause it's going to happen at the Thanksgiving dinner table. Um, well, one thing that um, I think that I like to work with uh, to, that I find helpful for myself is um, just noticing that, just being aware that I can uh, be ruled by my saboteur or I can become judgmental. And then asking myself what the opposite of that negative would be. 
uh, and it might be you sort of I can for me the opposite might be for the saboteur I can see God as, as God sees me I can see God as God sees me or um, uh, sort of um, I can be judgmental it might be I can see God as God sees me or or I can um, just relax into compassion something mm -hmm. like that so it's just noticing the forks in the road that can be helpful and um to take it one step further if you want to when you notice um what the opposite of the negative limiting contracting thing is um i can see myself as god sees me that you can build on that too and you can really stir up some gratitude for the positive i can i am mm -hmm. grateful that i can see myself as god sees me I am grateful that love is always a possibility. Compassion is always within me and can be shared. Yeah. Well, you know, something that you said, um, if you, if we, somebody were to make a comment, I am grateful that I can see myself as God sees me, but somebody who doesn't have a, a healthy relationship with God. So for example, for me, I spend so many years in fear of um, God because I grew up Catholic and I had, not just because I grew up Catholic, but because of the, the training that I had received, it was so fearful of God, so so worried that I was going to get punished and I was going to be sent to this, you know, terrible place because I was a sinner. But this journey has allowed me to recreate my relationship with, with the creator, with the earth, with the universe, with every single being on this planet. Um, how did you or did you have fears of God? And if you did, well, let me ask, let me start there. Did you have fears of God? Is that, was that part of something that you experienced as you were been moving through your journey? Um, you know, all my life, I've just not really understood why anyone would have any fear of God. It sort of hasn't made much sense to me. Um, and at the same time, on a deeper level, I, I, what happened was a year or two ago, I wrote a poem and, um, the it just something in the poem when i read it back made me aware of this very deep hidden fear of god um very subtle um and i mean i just don't know that it came from any life experiences i i don't it seems like it's more like an archetypal thing or something or maybe um, a past life maybe it's a past life experience just still there waiting could to be, be. Could be, or, or maybe it's somehow related to the Salvatore archetype. I don't really know. But um, in, in any event, um, I don't really feel like right this minute I, I can um, really speak very articulately about that. I would have to look back at my journal. <laughs> but I, I, so the answer is I always thought, I always went around thinking, no, I don't have any fear of God. And at the same time, there might be something in me that um, I might need to work with or that I have worked with. Well, and I like I love your clarity. So thank you for that. Um, you know, as students of A Course in Miracles, we we both know that there are four obstacles to peace. That the course is wanting us to realize that if you're not experiencing that peace that passes all understanding, is because in our mind we have some kind of an obstacle to experiencing and receiving that that level of peace, that totally complete transcendent of what's happening in the world and alignment fully aligned with the source of all that is because we rest in our knowingness that we are safe in the mind of god um and and the final obstacle is that fear of god everybody has to experience 
um, the, the recognition that we have a deep rooted fear simply because when we enter into the the incarnation, we are literally turning our back on the truth of who we are. So we are we are creating this sense of separation that is where all the suffering comes from. So at some point, we've got to come back to that place of why am I denying my myself? Because really the fear is almost like a, a parent. Dad's gonna get in trouble or it's gonna get mad at me. I'm gonna get in trouble because I haven't been acknowledging that I am the child of, you know, my dad. Let, let's say my dad's name was Joe, that I've been pretending that I'm not Joe's daughter. So there's there's this little bit of of um background chatter going on inside of our egoic mind that that's gonna get mad when he finds out I've been denying my wholeness, my worth, my magnificence, my divinity, my allness. So what that is something that I have noticed every single one of my clients at some point on the journey that has to be faced because if you're not receiving, number one, that you're entitled to miracles, number two, that you are whole, perfect and complete, number three, that you are absolutely divine and totally and completely created to experience love, joy, and peace, then in the background that is preventing you from having that awareness. And that's where you can begin to see the fear of this, this father, you know, heavenly father, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't care what we call it. It knows what it is. Um, source, spirit, God, creator. But when we're not receiving our whole worth, we are afraid at some level of our father. Um, because there's that denial taking place. And of course, th those things get revealed as we move further along on this journey. But I am so grateful for me that when I began to experience, I hear you've got a, a like a fire truck or something going by. Um, that's a, a sign from the divine letting us know we're talking about something important here. <laughs> um, but when I was going through my journey and I began to realize, why do I not let myself receive my worth why do i operate with with accepting so little why do i operate with um you know just paycheck to paycheck kind of a thing that's when i began to realize uh that that fear that was lying in the background that i was basically i was i was afraid to claim my wholeness because i didn't think that i i deserved i didn't think i had worked hard enough to earn it um so I am really grateful that I saw that one. That was a biggie for me. So that's how I experienced that one. Beautiful. Did you say something at the start about how um, we come into the world and we turn our backs to God? Um, I'm not sure if I totally follow that. Could you say just a little bit more? Because I'm very interested in what direction we're facing. So after you tell me that, I might have something to say about directionality. Sure. Uh, well, having the human experience and believing that all we are is just these human beings, these human bodies that are frail, that are temporary, that have birth, you know, have an expiration date. We have a birth to death experience. Um, when we are believing that that is all that we are, we have turned our back on the divinity of who we are. That is actually the eternalness that does not have an expiration date. It is that which lives on forever because it doesn't experience birth or death, it just is. So as we deny our eternalness, we are living inside of our temporariness. So all of our fears stem from, you know, the fears of death, the fears of illness, the fear of loss of loved one, 
uh, loss of job, loss of money. So as your friend um, lost her money, she feels peace because she clearly has tapped into, she is more than these temporary things that she has that give her a sense of worth because she has tapped into something that transcends all of that temporariness. Yes, yes. Um, you know, sometimes I just think that um, that St. Catherine of Siena really sort of summarized everything we need to know in just one sentence. She basically just said that um, if you are walking in the direction of, of heaven, that is heaven. And if you're walking in the other direction, that, that is hell. <laughs> um, and I've done both. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but lately I, well, lately I've just really been waking up with gratitude and joy a whole lot, every almost every day. Uh, in fact, this morning, um, I what came to me was a new affirmation, a new gratitude statement that I think I'm going to just be keeping for a few weeks now. I was just saying, thank you, Father, for doing the work through me. That was my thank you statement. And I just love having all sorts of thank you statements that go beyond the mundane and the ordinary. Thank you for my willingness to serve you, God. Thank you for my willingness to love people. Because we all have that willingness within us. We're all born with it. It's, um, it's such a joy to be able to just bring our attention uh, to the willingness within us and to the, the compassion within us and the ability to discern and to have wisdom. And just to be grateful for all of those magnificent, bright, godly uh, qualities that mm -hmm. we um, were born with. And, the, and, and uh, one of my very favorites, one of the most important, I think, for anyone who's a light worker is to keep saying every day, thank you, God, for my spiritual growth. And if you want to do a minute or two of reflection on that and just look at the details of how over the last 24 hours you've been growing or whatever, and then look at, look at how you had a test that was not comfortable and um, how that might have helped with the growth too. Like, you know, the day that you lost all your money or whatever, yeah, go ahead and say thank you for my spiritual growth. Been there, been there done that. <laughs> At the end of that day, you can say thank you for the spiritual growth that is coming my way right now from losing all my money or whatever it is. Um, but I was talking about directionality, and I just really think that um, what I love to do is uh, what, what, what we all can do is we can all just pivot from uh, going into um, blaming or saying things should be different. That's, that's a word. If you hear yourself say should, you know you're telling yourself a lie. When your sister at the Thanksgiving Day table makes a snide remark um, and you go around thinking, oh, she should be different. No, she shouldn't be different. <laughs> Yeah. This is such an opportunity for you to grow spiritually. Yeah. Well, and let's talk about what that growing spiritually, what that means, because at, at different stages of my journey, it meant different things. In the beginning, growing spiritually meant that I was going to like somehow grow wings and a halo and I was going to be above everybody. I was going to fritter away and just, you know, my life was going to change and I was going to be this special being uh, above everybody else. And of course, as time went on, I realized, well, not only am not, I not going to become more special than anybody else, everything that I thought was special about me up until that point was getting stripped away and bringing me to my ordinariness, where I'm the same as everybody else. And in, in that place of, of 
removing the thoughts that I thought made me somebody special and special could be special better or special lesser you know if you, if you operate inside of a victim mentality you're you think you're special you're you're never going to be as good as somebody else you know nobody loves you that that's a level of specialness even though nobody would think that it is but it does it makes you special it makes you different and needing attention at some level um but this 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 journey is about accepting a, a a power, a wholeness, a, a magnificence, a worthiness that is within within each and every one of us. So when somebody's saying you should or you shouldn't, and you are trained because you have to be trained, our mind has to be trained into thinking truth, thinking what is what is actually truth according to the creator and not our made up ego ideas. It's all about coming back into that alignment of the acceptance of the wholeness that we are and inside of that wholeness and that powerful self we have chosen to have this human experience and experience whatever we want to experience so the sister that says you should it, it's okay for her to say you should she is here to experience saying you should just as as you just stated that and one who has become more spiritually mature can say well isn't that fascinating my sister or my brother or my mother or my neighbor or whoever grandma thinks that I should do this. Well, is that how wonderful that they're thinking that because they shouldn't do or say anything other than exactly what they're saying. And it's just that turning it around and give everybody permission to be where they are is how I found the grace to give myself permission to be where I was. So I didn't have to defend myself, one up them or, or feel that I had been knocked down because of what they had said. Say more about how you dealt with the, um, the the shoulds and the shouldn'ts and the judgments and all of that, that you're grateful for now that you discovered as a way to let yourself be okay being you, as God created you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right that um, we are here. I mean, okay, um, I, I, I share your point of view. <laughs> <laughs> that we are here to um to see ourselves as God sees us, to see the magnificence. And I also have a funny feeling that um so far in my life at least, and, and maybe one day I will see myself as God sees me, but so far I've only gotten glimpses. And um because the magnificence that God has placed in me, his own image, I don't know whether or not in my lifetime I'm going to end out being able to fully see what's within me, the light shining. Um, you were asking about, um, you know, how I've been dealing with shirts and stuff. And, you know, for me, I've lived a very sheltered life. I've been surrounded by uh, supportive pe parents and stuff. It's amazing. Um, and for me, though, the, the thing that has been the growth point or, or the most challenging thing is my relationship with myself. And I have had such harsh judgments on myself. Uh, you know, I was telling myself I'm too thin for years. And so when somebody said, um, oh, there's no such thing as too rich or too thin, it didn't compute. It was like, no, I know what the truth is. I'm too thin. 
And, and that meant I was unqualified for romantic relationships and stuff. It really was heavy duty. Um, so that was me being special, I guess, even though I didn't realize I was being special. Um, but um, in any event, you know, when I look back, um, I, I, I don't think it should have been different, you know? Um, it was just something, I, I guess I would have to say, in the case of my self-judgments, it's something that was necessary. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're talking about that specialness, anything that denies our perfection as God created it, and this is not the perfection of the world, this is not the perfection of Hollywood or the perfection perfectionism of the, the marketing world, the, the world of advertising but is a perfection as God created us, each and every one of us, the size, the height, the weight, the looks, the, the, the language, the culture, the, the way that we show up, the way that we laugh, everything that is authentically who we are is, is what is perfect about each and every one of us. But all of that training in the mind that has us comparing has us begin to feel special, better, special, special, lesser. And inside of that, that I'm special because I'm different, we miss out on where we're all really the same. All these divine beings here to remember that wholeness. And something that you said, so I want to ask you for permission um, to do something that I just got just got inspired to do, if, if you will accept this. You were saying that you don't know if in this lifetime um, you're going to be able to receive the your perfection, your wholeness as God intended it to be do you mind if i behold you the way that god beholds you oh please do so just stay there and receive because all i see is a beautiful light a beautiful being the divine ray of perfection that has emanated from the center of the the most beautiful of all lights that has ever been created, which is the, the light of the creator itself. And that essence has been placed in you and it is what you are. So I absolutely behold your perfection, your magnificence, your kind and gentle heart, your willingness to be one of the children of the creator, not only for you to receive your own healing, but the generosity that emanates from you is clearly the essence of the creator wanting to extend the generosity to others. So although your name is Elliot in this physical world, the essence of who you are transcends anything that ever could have been limited here by words or actions or, or a skin suit. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I just behold in you what I have had the pleasure over and over to feel is the truth of who I am. I'm reminded of um, something I read last night. I read Meister Eckhart from time to time, his oh, sermon. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, yes. He was writing about um, how God creates us with the same fatherhood in his day and age. It was always father, with <laughs> um, that same fatherhood. And that means that we can, out of that fatherhood, um, create God. 
I don't know if I totally get that, but um, I love it nonetheless. I don't, sometimes I can just love and enjoy and appreciate things without necessarily needing to be able to totally have a handle on it. I can just marinate it and I bask in, in what um, Meister Eckhart says. Yes, and one of our sweet, beautiful listeners, my sister, the same beautifully said, well, if it's beautifully said, it's because she heard the beautiful words of God coming through me um, to not only my brother Elliot, but to anybody who is listening to this, because that is actually what's happening is we're waking up and dropping all of these these thoughts and ideas that separate us from accepting the, the goodness, the wholeness that we are as the, the father, mother, God created us. It really is a parenthood. What parent doesn't look at their child and see just pure perfection and, and potential unfolding? Um, I know my three kids, when two of them I gave birth to, one I adopted when he was six, but my birth children and, and my adopted child after he came into our family, I never could see them as anything less than pure unbounded potential that whether in this lifetime I get to see it or not, I know is the core, it is at their core. And to not see that in, in each and every one of us is to miss the whole purpose of why we were, we were created. But let me shift that conversation, Elliot. Here we are in this place. Uh, <laughs> oh, you hope everyone hears that statement, yes. Let's let's I am grateful for uh, social media and that this message I know will get heard by whoever has to hear statements like Elliot and I are sharing today. So thank you for that, sweetie, sweet sister. Um, but let's shift the conversation, Elliot. You and I, because we've done this work, we have tapped into a source, the source, the source of all that is. And you and I can have a joyful optimism about what's coming because we have come to know that the creative source is a benevolent source. It is the source of love, of, of life, of joy, of peace, of liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all. So it wasn't our founding fathers that coined that. that, that those, that's, come, that's channeled by God. Um, what are you optimistic about for the future that you, you are thankful for, that you are aware of in this time of Thanksgiving? What are you optimistic about? Yeah, I'm just, I have a certainty about um, the next generations, about things being much better 100 years from now than they are today. Totally unrecognizable. No more um, lack of integrity with big pharmacy. No more lack of integrity with government. I just really trust that within three or four generations, um, there's going to be a whole new um, uh, way of um, interacting as a collective and individually. We're going to all of us um, be so much more at peace with ourselves and also peace will be in the collective. Um, so that's my optimism. Um, and I don't voice that optimism on others, but I do like to, you know, talk about it sometimes and share it. So I appreciate your asking that question. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. The more that I come more into alignment with, with truth, the more that I'm watching and observing people who are taking whatever is happening, the dissolutionment of, you know, the, the instability 
of the government, the, the breaking down of the medical system, the breaking down of the education system. Talk about lessons God would have us learn. These things appear to be obstacles, but in time, we're going to be very grateful that we have the exact precedent that we have that is stirring things up, just as my mom's passing stirred things up for me. How are you going to see what doesn't serve you until you begin to see that it's bothering you? Because um, if it's serving you, if you think it's serving you at, a, at an egoic human level, you know, we're creatures of, of habit. We're not going to want to change what appears to be serving us. So the things that are not serving the greater good of all are breaking down. And as you said, these these children that are being born, so many of these are called the indigo children from 1988 forward. And I got three of them. Um, are coming in with a level of consciousness that they know they're one with all that is. They know that we're all the same. They don't see my children just, you know, race and and sexual preferences and whatever people believe, um, it doesn't bother them. They accept that people have different ways of being because they're more in tune with a sameness um, that is the thread that weaves all of us together. So I agree with you. A couple of generations is going to be a whole new earth, as as uh, you know, Eckhart Tolle wrote about that beautiful book. I don't know if you read that one, a, a new earth, oh, yeah. where we are really truly going to be living from this spirit, this wholeness. Because once we we awaken to the magnificence that is in everyone, and it's in everybody, that that's the seed of who we are. Um, once we live from that place. Who's going to lose? Who's going to be hurt? Who's going to be cheating? Who's going to be selfish? Who's going to be arrogant or judgmental? It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen when you recognize, you know, you're beholding the divinity in another. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think, uh, what I think lies ahead of us is um, an era of um, people celebrating who they are and celebrating who other people are. And, I, and you know, um, yes, we do have that. Um, thing that unites us all together, that we're all the same, that we're all glorious and so on and so forth. Um, we all have the image of God within us and we all have our humanity that connects us and it's the same. And also I love encouraging people to celebrate their uniqueness. When you look at your children, you know their uniqueness. That's what you celebrate about them along with everything else. Um, that's just the place where the light of God shines so brilliantly is in the unique self you are, the true self. Um, so, um, I, I like to just also, just as long as we're talking about specialness, which is the opposite in a way, um, I like to also talk about, um, uniqueness and I just think we're going to all be blossoming like unique flowers. There is no soul exactly like you, not just on earth, but in the cosmos. Yeah. Isn't that amazing that our yeah. creator is so vast and so infinite that there is no, there are no two souls that are alike, just as there are no two blades of grass that are exactly alike. And this insanity that our egoic mind has been trained into conformity and trying to homogenize everybody. And we, you know, we want everybody to be white Christian this way, or we want everybody to be, you know, Jewish, whatever that way. Um, and if you're not that, then we want to get rid of you. What small mindedness, it's like a virus got inside of us, which is the ego, in my opinion, got inside of us and corrupted the, the, the beautiful, amazing uh, plan for 
self-expression and, and individuality and and but yet all of it woven with the exact same thread of sameness that we're all holy divine and and magnificent children of the same creator i absolutely love your certainty and your optimism about what's coming and speaking about what's coming do you mind sharing with people how can they find you and what are some of the things that you've got coming up because i put your i put your website up here Wonderful. Yeah, my book has a website and the website is sayyestolifebook.com, just like it says down there. Um, the book is called Say Yes to Life and the subtitle is Seven Keys to Living Fallout from Within. And one of those keys is saying yes to your uniqueness, like we were talking about just a minute ago. Um, so you're welcome to go there and request a few a few pages. It isn't out yet. It'll be out on Amazon in a few weeks. But in the meantime, you're welcome to get a, a little sneak preview if you go to that website. Also, you can contact me if you'd like. My address, my email address is Elliot Robertson. That's one word at hotmail.com. Let me do this. Let me spell it out because my um, these interviews, uh, these conversations also show up on, on a podcast and they won't be able to see it. So Elliot is spelled E-L-L-I-O-T-T -T, Robertson, R-O-B-E-R-T-S-O-N at hotmail.com. And the website is sayyestolifebook.com. So S-A-Y-Y-E-S-T-O-L-I-F-E-B-O-O-K.com for anybody who's listening and needed a little bit more time to figure out exactly what we were saying. But how wonderful. You've got this book coming out. So you're going to be sharing your wisdom with folks through a book. And then they also can contact you because you are uh, a love and joy coach. How wonderful is that? So let's talk about what you are most grateful for. Let's let's close with that. What are each of us most grateful for as we get ready to enter into this, this day of Thanksgiving here in a couple of days? Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things I'm grateful for is um, I'm going to talk about the future. <laughs> I'm grateful for the amazing number of people who find out about the book I've written and who benefit from it, uh, the, you know, who find something in it that really helps. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Um, it's, it hasn't happened yet. No books have been sold yet. And I'm grateful. Oh, that's so beautiful. We you know with, with your gratitude, what that brings me present to is, uh, you know, many of the teachings, of course, in A Course in Miracles, but that you are entitled to miracles. And when we can have that certainty that we are being used by the creator to, to birth something that is going to be of service to others and to be grateful in advance, that is, that is what, what's coming is we're, we're going to be living from a place of knowingness, not that we have to work really hard and then someday we're going to get to that successful place, but rather success is already what we are. And as we imagine it, things are going to be be created. And that's what's going to change the world. Because instead of this, this mentality of, of doing all of these things to get someday, we're going to be living from the awareness, the truth of who we are, that all we are is whole and complete. And what we're supposed to do is extend that um, and that's how all of us share in the abundance that that is already created by our creator. That was it's, so beautiful. It's so it's such a joy to 
listen to you, be, you know, be a part of the dialogue. I really enjoy your contribution to the conversation so much. And I do want to add one more gratitude, please. Absolutely. Um, no limits on Hey, no limits on gratitude. gratitude. No, you, you don't have a quota, right? Right. So um, this is um, the deck of cards that Doreen Virtue uh, had come out of a number of years ago with the goddesses. Um, and my, the card I got is Mary Magdalene. Love her. Yes. And the message on the card is love yourself, others, in every situation no matter what the outward appearances may be. That's what we were talking about for part of our time together is, um, you know, the other card was about how every situation, every uh, situation you encounter is an opportunity to let God's light shine through you. And here we're being asked to have unconditional love, not love that's tied to the situation being a certain way, um, maybe you'll be surrounded by a bunch of people who are in a big argument on Thanksgiving Day, and that's just fine. The opportunity to be full of unconditional love is still there. It never goes away. So um, love every situation, no matter what the outward appearance. Oh, that is so beautiful. So, so, I'm, so yeah, I'm grateful for that card and for that reminder. <laughs> yes, that is that is awesome. So I'm I'm going to share two things that I'm grateful for. Since you shared two, I'm going to share two also. <laughs> ah, well, the first thing that I'm grateful for is the the awakening that happened in me, the the bursting from me this longing, this desire to remember the truth of who I am, because it has transformed my life. It has transformed everything, everything that I thought I was going to be doing have by now. Not all of that's gone out the window because God has just grabbed a hold of my life and pulled my skinny ass through, you know, an incredible dark and out of the soul journey and, and brought me um, to a place of, of just, living in a state of gratitude for this freaking human experience that we're having. It's just so fun and so delicious, which brings me to my second place of, of gratitude that in this moment I'm feeling, and I'm grateful for everything, but right now, one of the things that I'm so grateful for, you remember that lesson I mentioned early on that, that I had that sweet little boyfriend last year that helped me uh, rekindle my love of dance. And that has brought me to this incredible relationship that I'm experiencing now. But what I'm grateful for is not just that this, this man is in my life. What I'm grateful for is the level of consciousness that I bring to this relationship, because no matter what happens, whether it lasts or it doesn't, the amount of unconditional love that I have been feeling for another being in this new consciousness that is so different from the old consciousness of needing somebody to complete me, needing somebody to give me something, needing somebody to secure a future or, or a safety or blah, blah, blah. That need for somebody to add to me is so not part of my experience. And that's what I am so thankful for, that this relationship is allowing me to see that I get to be a giver. And in that giving, I'm receiving so much joy because I, I'm gifting both of us and he does this as well, which is so amazing. Um, but we're gifting each other freedom, the freedom to be, to do whatever we want to be without any attachment. And if we can take that level of, of unconditional love into the holidays, 
whether you're with your family, your friends, or whether you're by yourself for Thanksgiving, if you can just be grateful that you actually get to choose to extend the love that God has given you or withhold it, if you can be grateful for that level of power, I can assure you, if you know that you have that kind of power, you will be so committed to want to use it in a way that is benevolent for yourself and everybody else. And for that, I am really grateful that that is what I came to see, that I get to choose to love or withhold. And nothing has changed my life more than that realization. And I am so grateful, Elliot, that I got, well, that's three gratefulness, um, that I got to share to, today, this week of Thanksgiving with you. Thank you so much for joining me and making this such Thank a meaningful you. experience. I adore you, my friend. Oh, all my love. All my love to you too. And for those of you who've watched, thank you so much. And by all means, share this conversation. We do want to spread the message far and wide. And if you're interested in my um, soul's journey, which is something that was given to me to share, it, it's a journey that we all go through, that our soul goes through from conception to enlightenment, um, go to my website, lineorlando.com, and you can download it for free. And um, Anyways, I am so grateful for this incredible opportunity. Thank you again, Elliot. Thank you, listeners. And happy Thanksgiving. And just happy day wherever you are giving thanks. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.